0: Welcome to Truth in the Word. Join us today as we allow the Word of God to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Now, here's your host, Pastor Jim Newsom. Yes, this is Pastor Jim Newsom and this is Truth in the Word on Biblical News Report Talk Radio. We're broadcasting you today from north central West Virginia. I'm going to continue on today in the book of Romans, chapter 1, beginning with verse 18. I'm going to spend some time talking about the wrath of God. The wrath of God. First, let's pray. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord, to expound your word. Your word that it will go forth and never come back void, but do that which you sent it to do. And we ask you today that it would take root in our minds and in our hearts. And let it be a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. Let glory to God just, uh, Lord, touch us today and move us towards you. For you are holy and you are righteous. And Lord, we can't approach you without the blood of Jesus Christ. And we thank you today for your love and for your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Romans chapter 1, verse 18, talking about the wrath of God, the wrath of God. The wrath of God is God's personal emotion towards sin now the Bible clearly states that God hates sin Paul said shall we sin that grace may abound God forbid we're living under the uh, uh, the age of grace the age of mercy the Bible says we're living in a time when God's ear is not cauliflowered, and neither is his arm shortened by which those that call upon his name shall be saved, shall be delivered. He hears the people today when they come to him with a broken and a contrite spirit. He can never receive a haughty spirit. The Bible declares that pride comes before a fall, a haughty spirit before what destruction. But he does have a side of him that is his wrathful side, his side by which there's coming a day when men, the Bible declares that his spirit will not always strive with men. He's striving today. The The Holy Ghost, the third person of the Trinity, is the one that moves upon our minds and our hearts and moves upon those that do not know Christ and and. and for lack of a better term, woo, woo them unto God through Jesus Christ. In other words, to once again establish fellowship between God and man. And he, and God takes it serious. The Bible even declares that if you once know him and the word or the term is backslidden, the Bible declares he's married to a backslider. In other words, he never quits dealing with you. And his mercy is extended and extended and extended. But he does say that there's coming a point in time where by which his spirit will quit striving. Now this Romans chapter 1 talks, we went through the first 17 verses, but now we're going to the part about where God speaks through the apostle Paul. About his attitude towards sin and what he's going to do about sin and what he considers sin and you know it doesn't matter what a man says, that sin is. What does God declare sin is? And does God judge sin? Well, the Bible says this, that uh, uh, it's appointed unto man once to die, and then the judgment. However you however you live your life, if you receive the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the wages of sin. The wages of sin, or what you receive for sinning, is death. But the conjunction there, the gift of God, is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So here we are faced with a choice. Choose you this day whom you will serve, Joshua said. as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So... We don't have to pay for our sins, if we accept Jesus Christ, because He's already paid for our sins. Thank God for that today. And the Bible declares they are cast as far as the east is from the west. The Bible declares in the sea of forgiveness, sea of what forgiveness? Because God forgets it. God forgets the sin; He no longer holds it against you. And now you receive. The life that Jesus talked about. Behold, I give you life and more abundant life. Whosoever shall come unto me shall live and have life and more abundant life. That word life there is zoe, the God kind of life that only comes from God. The life of life in the spirit, life in the power <clears throat> that reforms us and helps us. So Paul wrote in Romans one eighteen. For The wrath of God, Now we're we're probably going to be on the scripture for a while. For the wrath of God is revealed, in other words, shown, from heaven against, okay, we know what that word means, against, listen, all, all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. So the scripture says the wrath, remember what I said wrath was, is that personal emotion that God has towards those who deny or reject his plan. And it also means a violent passion, uh, implication, what punishment, or reaching an excitement, a fervor. The Psalmist David said, um, he saw the Lord and, and fire come out of his nostrils because of his wrath. So there's coming a time when those who do not, now there's a separation here. Those who do not accept Jesus Christ, once again, we that's who we preach. It's all about him. It's all about him. He's the one who came to save, came to deliver, came to set free, the mediator between God and man. For this reason was the Son of God manifested. For this purpose was He manifested, that He might destroy the works of the devil. So Paul wrote, God's wrath is revealed from heaven against how much ungodliness? All. How much unrighteousness? All. Of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Now we see in the Word of God God's, praise God, explicit hatred towards sin. But we also see His what? Explicit love towards the sinner. He says, I would that none would perish. In other words, it's not God's will that man die in his sin and receive the wages of sin, which is death, not only death in the physical, but the Bible declares there's a second death where men become separated from God for eternity. They will be cast from his sight. The Bible says he will say, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. And that word iniquity means lawlessness. In other words, you didn't Take heed to my law and the one who fulfilled the law, which was Jesus Christ. So God has a hatred towards sin, but a love towards the sinner. Now, is his wrath, according to scripture, according to scripture, towards believers? So I can only give you the Bible. Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning with verse 6. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Who's he talking to? Believers. He's talking to the church. Let us not sleep as the world sleep. That doesn't mean physically go to bed. It means blinded and insensitive to the things that's going on around and about, not seeing the signs of the time, not regarding the, the move of God or the, or, or the pull of God, the call of God. How the God is drawing men to those that will allow him to draw them. But let us watch. Let us watch, be a watchman, and be sober. Peter said, be sober and be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, goes about seeking whom he can destroy and seeking who he can devour. Okay, verse, verse 7. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. And they that be drunken are drunken in the night. Intoxicated on this world system. Revelation talks about those that are intoxicated from the wine, a little cup of wrath from the Babylonian system. In other words, caught up in this world. What if you gain the whole world? And lose your soul. The Lord spoke of it in a parable. And said there was one who built barns. And lay back and said. I've got a maid here. I built this barn. And I'm, I'm probably going to tear down barns. And build other ones. I'm, I'm, I'm so prosperous in this world. And the Bible says. The spirit of God spoke and said. Thou fool. This night. Thy soul. By God help us today. Shall be required of thee. Now. If you haven't noticed, which I'm sure you have, this world is not permanent. Our bodies, which we live in, are not permanent. Simply a shell by which we exist until the Bible says we go to our appointed time of death, after which is the judgment, or if we are raptured out of here. Now, a lot of people don't like that term, but there's coming a day when we will put off the temporary. The Bible says we'll put off the terrestrial and put on the celestial. In other words, a change. Because every man, woman, boy, and girl has a inner man, inner boy, inner girl, woman, whatever it might be, and that's going to live somewhere eternally. Somewhere. So he says, for they that sleep, sleep in the night and they... That be drunken or drunken in the night. Let us, verse eight, but let us who are of the day. What day? The day of the Lord, the day of His coming, the day which we are living in, be sober. Putting on the what breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. That's good stuff right there. Putting on the breast plate of faith faith is what we need to have without faith it's impossible to please God and love you can do everything else in a religious aspect but Paul wrote if you don't have love it's all but a tinkling symbol and for a helmet the hope of salvation for God amen first Thessalonians 5 verse 9 for God have not Hath not appointed us, who's us, the believers, to wrath or his emotion towards sin, because we've been forgiven, but to obtain, listen, salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Now the Bible says that Jesus Christ was smitten of God, the wrath, our sin was laid upon him, he, he who knew no sin, the Bible says, became sin. And our salvation is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 10. Who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Okay. So we established that. That the wrath of God is not towards believers. Conviction? Yes. Tribulation? Yes. Peerless times, yes. Persecution, yes. But not wrath. Not God's personal emotion towards sin because we are no longer sinners in the eyes of God if we know Jesus Christ. Because the blood of Jesus, according to the word of God, washes away our sins. Why do you talk so much about sin? Because that's our problem. This is why Jesus came. To restore fellowship. Back to the Father through Jesus Christ. So now we're going to talk about who is under the wrath of God. Okay. Who's under the wrath of God? The psalmist David wrote in Psalms 18, verse 7 and 8. The earth shook and trembled. The foundations also, the hills moved and were shaken because he... That's a pronoun, personal pronoun for... God Almighty was wroth or full of wrath. And this is what he noticed. There went up smoke, went up a smoke out of his nostrils, and fire out of his mouth devoured coals were kindled by it. Okay. So there's coming a day of wrath. God's wrath is going to be poured out. We can read in Revelation chapter 5 start reading right there. Where the Bible says that Paul wept because he found none that was worthy to open the seals, the seven seals which start the outpouring of the wrath and the renovation of the earth and Jesus Christ taking back the title deed to this earth that that man gave up in the garden through Adam and Eve. So we go back to the Old Testament we keep in mind that Christ was concealed in the old and revealed in the new. And God gave Israel, okay, his chosen people, the Ten Commandments. And so many people, well, that doesn't uh, hold anymore. Well, yes, it does. Yes, it does. And we're going to find out. The Ten Commandments point towards the godliness of God and his holiness and his perfection. What God expects of man was, was written on those tables of stone years and years and years ago and gave them to the lawgiver, Moses. And there's ten of them. There's not a whole book of them. There's not 600 and 800 and this and that. A lot of laws are written after the law that man made up. But there's ten of them. And the first four are directed and have to do with man's relationship with God. Now, we are, we are talking, we're, praise God, teaching towards the aspect that Jesus Christ fulfilled this law. Now, I read in the Word of God, I'm sure you have too, that there was never a man that ever kept the law matter of fact, Moses couldn't get down off the mountain before the law was broken. How many times did man down through the years break the law and adultery and things of this nature were never able to keep it? So Jesus Christ had to come and fulfill it through his sacrifice, through his blood, through his death and through his resurrection, through his ascension. The law essentially was kept completely by who? the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and he fulfilled it. So he is our righteousness. He's the mediator between God and man. His Holy Ghost draws us today and leads us and guides us in all truth and all righteousness. So the first four commandments are about God and how man should approach God and the next six, are how man should approach or get along with man. Now, the scripture says this that you can hang all the commandments on two. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul. And love your neighbor as yourself. And everything hangs on those two commandments. But we're going to go to Exodus 20. We're going to talk about these commandments. And I know they're not talked about a lot, but they're still in force. And The only way we keep them is through Jesus Christ. So Exodus 20, verse 1. And God spake all these words saying, All these words. So the these what ten commandments given by God to Moses on Mount Sinai are the foundation of all law. And at least law that is righteous for the entire world. It's it's the moral law of God and cannot be changed. They're still in force, it's still wrong to do the things that's going on here. Now there's forgiveness. There's forgiveness, but always keep this in mind. The Bible teaches, Paul taught, that if a man contemplates, plans to sin, in other words, plots to sin, and carries it out, and there remains no more sacrifice because they know what they're doing, say. Now, we fail all the time, but the Bible says we are to strive, press towards the high mark of the high calling, which is in Jesus Christ. And if a man sins, 1 John 1, 9, then we can can ask him to forgive our sins and he's just and true to forgive us. So a Christian, a Christian should never ever contemplate sin or plan sin. There's something wrong if they do. Amen. Premeditate. There remains more sacrifice according to what the Word of God says. Okay. Exodus 20, verse 2. I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, of course he's addressing his people, and out of the house of bondage. Out of the house of bondage. Four hundred years prophesied was fulfilled. They come under the, uh, uh, the tyranny of a pharaoh, the Bible declares that knew not Joseph. And we know that they were given in hard labor, hard labor. The book the book of Hosea 13 and 4, Yet I am the Lord thy God from from the land of Egypt, and thou shalt know, know God but me, for there is no Savior beside me. Huh, that's pretty clear, isn't it? So that kind of shoots the theory of, well, there's many paths to God and there's many ways to get saved. Listen to me, a lie from hell, just to put it bluntly. For Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no man comes unto the Father except it be through me. So God appeals to his people as their deliverer, as he does today. And he has to be obeyed. His law has to be kept. And we know it's impossible for me and you to keep it. The law is simply, we've talked about this many, many times, our schoolmaster, the mirror by which we look and see. Man, I, I've got a problem here. I haven't kept this law. But we look under the author and the finish of our faith, which is Jesus Christ, and He has, and He becomes our righteousness, sitting by the right hand of the Father right now, making intercession. He has to be obeyed, and from an approach of love and not fear. Now, there's a reverence called the fear of God by which we don't cringe and. Lay in a corner somewhere, but this is godly reverence towards him, respect him for who he is. But the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. We don't see wrath there. We see grace. We see mercy. But if you don't receive that love, if you don't receive that love gift, which is Jesus Christ, then you've rejected God's way. God's one way, I might add. Well, that's that's way way too restrictive. I gotta have some latitude. No, I'm sorry. There's no other way to God except through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Exodus twenty and three. This is commandment one. Remember the first four are how we approach God. Thou shalt have no other gods. <clears throat> Before me. Now, this lays down the foundation of the relationship between God and man. So we've already come to the point that we know that God hates sin but loves the sinner. And he knows that man of sin. He knows man failed. He knows who we are and what we are. He knows exactly uh, what's going on in our lives, and he knows that we need a savior, that we need something to establish and repair the breach between us and God. So, every person uh, under God's law here is required to personally, personally search out your own salvation trimming them and with fear, personally obey the law, and the only way we can do that is accept Jesus Christ who fulfilled that law, kept it to the T, he's the God-man. One mediator between God and man. And the Bible says, the man, Christ Jesus, who was all man and all God. Never, never denied his deity, but laid his deity aside to become man and walk as we walk and talk as we talk, tempted as we are tempted. So, This requires that we worship God and God alone. God hates idolatry. We're going to learn he's a jealous God. See, this is the character of God. Because there there are no other gods before him. And we're talking about the creator, the almighty, as many refer to him. And we know today many worship Millions and millions of gods, demigods. A lot of things stand between God and man. There are are many, 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 many false religions that claim they know God but don't know him at all. And he says, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I knew you not. So how do we know God? Mm -hmm. Only through Jesus Christ. So he said, "Thou shalt have no, <clears throat> pardon me, other gods before me." Is, Moses wrote in Deuteronomy six fourteen, "Ye shall not go after other gods. Listen, of the gods of the people, <clears throat> which are round and about you." So the Bible declares, even for the New Testament church, that we are to come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. That's not preached a lot anymore. The separate, not, not better than everybody else. But we come out through the blood of Jesus Christ, and we are not a part of this world. We are in it, but not a part of it. See? We don't do the things we used to do. Have been saved from those things, and, I, and this is nothing about our holiness or our being better. I've heard it heard on my like, well, You think you're better? No, it's not. I know I'm not better. Well, there's not a Christian life. It's better. We are made who we are through Christ, through accepting Him. He cleanses us, keeps us, and 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 the Bible says even after we're saved. Many say I've not never sinned since I've been saved. Well, they're liars. All sin and come short of the glory of God. We are prone to failure. Without Jesus Christ in our lives. See, for this reason was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And the works of the devil is sin. Paul wrote in Romans 6, which we'll talk about down the road, that sin shall not have dominion over you. And we can only do this through the power of the Holy Ghost. Behold, I give you power over all power of the devil. Unless we walk and talk in the Spirit, we have no victory. Unless we look unto the author and the finish of our faith, which is Jesus Christ, we cannot overcome this world. So we are not in the world or of the world, so we must come out from among them and be separate, not be better than everybody else. And hold our, Listen, if we're looking down our nose at people, we're not Christians. We're elitist. We've got enough of those in the world. Amen. We're down the level. Amen. All ground is level at the cross. Mark twelve thirty, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. Remember the first four. It's God's, God's relationship and man's relationship with God and God's relationship with man. Okay. Exodus 20 and, and verse 4. This is commandment 2. Commandment 2. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness or anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or well, that is in the water under the earth. I, I will say that pretty well covers about everything. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, or anything made by hand, the hands of man, or any likeness of anything in heaven above, or, or that is in the water under the earth. In other words, don't carve out something and fall down and worship it. Now we find this when Moses come down off mount, the mount, and he had the ten commandments. Well, was the children of Israel dancing around a golden calf, which they manufactured? And they said, "Behold, the God that's brought you out of the land of Egypt. This, this, this uh, stationary golden calf, which just sit there. See, so we serve a living God, but but yet it was their God. And and the word of the word of God describes that they went deep into sin. They they really really feel God." So in the book of Leviticus, chapter twenty-six, verse one, Ye shall make you no idols, nor graven image, and neither rear up you a standing image, neither shall you set up my image of stone in your land to bow down unto it, for I am the Lord your God. Back to what Moses wrote in Deuteronomy twenty-seven, fifteen. Cursed be the man that maketh any graven or molten image an abomination unto the Lord. The work of the hands of the craftsman and putteth in a secret place. All the people shall answer and say, Amen. See, these are men worshiping the works of their own hands. Still goes on today. Romans 1.23 And change the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image made like to a corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. God's not pleased with this. God's, God's not pleased with this. So we're going to continue on next time talking about what man build and they serve and worship the works of their own hands and how God is very displeased and God is a jealous God. So we're talking about the wrath of God. We're going to try to we're going to try to do this in 30 minute segments. Amen. So if you don't know Jesus Christ today the spirit of God's drawing today. We are living in the age of grace and mercy. God's wrath per se is not being poured out totally. He judges sin going to judge sin. But there's coming a day when he says, my spirit will always strive with man and we cannot afford to put him off. And this entire chapter, we're going to talk about the last part of chapter one is God's attitude towards sin, what God considers sin. And it might be hard, but it's what God expects. God hates sin loves a sinner. He loves you today. He would that none would perish. He made a way through Jesus Christ that you don't have to die in your sin and pay your own penalty for for sin because Jesus Christ took our sin. He who knew no sin became sin and died on a cross. He sacrificed it, meaning you can have victory through the Spirit of God, through His finished work over sin. For sin shall not have dominion over you if you don't know jesus christ today confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that god has raised him from the dead call upon his name today read his word read god's word and his attitude towards sin and his judgment towards sin he will judge to point out a man wants to die than the judgment that doesn't qualify whether sin sinner or one who knows christ but all of us are going to die, and then our just reward. God's not mocked; and whatsoever a man sows, so shall he also reap. There's salvation in His blood. He was, praise God, He was. He took stripes on His back that we might be healed. He was chastised for our peace of mind, and bruised for our what iniquities. Call upon His name today, Father. We thank you, Lord, for who You are and what You are. We know today that Your Word depicts that You are holy. And Lord, we know today that uh, you said in your word, "to fear, Lord, a fearful thing to fall in the hands of an angry God." We well, ask you, yes, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you save souls, that you heal bodies, you touch minds, and you deliver and set free. In Jesus' name, touch the brokenhearted today, Lord. Mend that breach, repair, restore, my Lord. Make new. In Jesus' holy and righteous name, we pray. Amen and amen. God bless till next time. We want to thank you for listening to Truth in God's Word today. You can check us out on Facebook at The Truth in God's Word. There you can message us for any reason, whether it be prayer requests, comment about the show, or if you would just like to let us know subjects you would like to hear about on Truth in God's Word. We pray that you have a blessed day.